episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 43. This week I caught up with Bowden Boucher. He's got a 64 F100 original patina pickup truck that, uh, that he's building. So really good interview with Bowden. Um, I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to it. One of the things I didn't mention, um, I forgot to talk to him about on the podcast, but I thought it was a, a really good thing to have a look at. On his Instagram feed, uh, he's got a photo of the of the truck in his in his garage while he's working on it. And up on the wall, he's got this huge whiteboard and it's just a to-do list. So he's got all the little jobs that he needs to do and he's just sort of ticking them off as he goes. And, and I think that's something that, I mean, it, it could be a pretty scary thing to look at if, if you're like me and you've still got a million jobs to do. But I think it's... You know, there'd be a sense of achievement when you actually get there and you, okay, I've ticked that one off the list and, and you can sort of go through the list and put them in different categories of, you know, what's an easy, quick job and, and what's a, a multi-day job. So, you know, if you've only got an afternoon or a half a day and you want to do some work on your truck and, you know, you can have a quick look on your list and say, all right, I can knock that over. I can, you know, mount the mirrors or whatever it is. I mean, there's 150 million jobs to do on these trucks, but... That was just something that I thought was really cool that I saw on his Instagram feed, and and we haven't really talked about that with any builders before. But yeah, putting together a fairly comprehensive list of of the jobs that need to be done, and and uh, I think by doing that too, there's a good chance you're going to save yourself from getting a bit of a surprise when you get to a point and go, oh shit, I haven't got this part, or you know, you, you really you sit down and you, maybe you spend a whole night and you go through the process step by step, and and you really work out what parts you need for your truck, and you can make sure that you've got everything you need. So that when you come to doing it, uh, you're ready to go. So anyway, uh, really enjoyed this interview with Bowden. I uh, hope you do too. The other thing I've been doing, I, I'm trying to get a few more um, interesting interviews in for you. And, and I know when we spoke to things like engineers and, and suppliers, they, they're definitely our most popular episodes. So I got in contact with a, and get ready for this as a mouthful, but the Department of Infrastructure, Transport, Regional Development and Communications. So they are the guys who are in charge of the ADRs that everyone in Australia abides by. So I shot them an email uh, outlined, you know, what we're doing on the podcast. And I sort of said, you know, look, really love to get on board and, and have a chat to someone if they have a media liaison officer or someone that can do an interview and maybe, you know, ask them a couple of hairy questions about why can't we do this or, or why do we have to do that? Um, a few things that maybe don't seem to make too much sense. Anyway, they, they sent me a very PC reply saying, oh, look, we don't really do interviews or we can't supply someone for an interview. But they opened the door and they said to me, look, if you want to send in some questions via email, uh, we can answer them for you. So I thought, let's just see if they're true to their word and let's see what they're keen to do. So what I want you to do is, if you're doing a build or you've done a build, 
Um, and you've got, let's aim for maybe some specific circumstances, you know, let's not just say, why can't I put a cab on a new chassis? Because, I mean, there's a million answers to that question. And I'll probably ask them that. But, you know, if, if you've done your build and your engineers turn around and say, well, look, you have to have a padded steering wheel uh, on, on this 50, 60 year old truck uh, and that never had it. You know, maybe let's let's throw a couple of questions that are specific to the Australian ADRs, and and I'll I'll put together you know a comprehensive email with some questions, and and I'll ask, and hopefully we get some answers. And if so, then um, yeah, maybe I can do an episode where I kind of just review what they've given us as answers. Um, hopefully they come to the party. It's fairly unlikely to be honest, but let's give it a go. So. Yeah, if you've got a question, um, please sit down, write write out an email, and I'll literally copy and paste your emails, uh, your questions into the email I send them, and uh, hopefully we can get some good information. So that's uh, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. Send those questions through. Anyway, apart from that, I'm uh, just trying to keep out of the heat at the moment. It's scorchingly hot down here in Victoria, and... Uh, in the aircon, trying to get this podcast out today. I'm a little bit late again, and uh, yeah, not much work getting done on my truck. It's sitting inside the shed where it's about 40 degrees, so it'll happen soon. But uh, hopefully, you're getting a bit of work done, and hopefully, you enjoy this episode. Bowden, mate, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, I've been checking out your truck for a while. I, um, you know, I think it's no secret I'm a bit of a Chevy guy. I'm building a Chev truck, but. Uh, I've had a few Fords in my day. I grew up, my old man had a Ford custom line, so I, I am partial to a Ford. And, and I think that that sort of year model that you've got, the 64 model, you know, really, I really enjoy the the lines on those trucks. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for your time. Um, how you been, mate? Very good. Yourself? We've been going all right. Yeah, summer's been good. It hasn't been too hot. We haven't had any bushfires yet. So uh, everything's looking pretty good up here. So, mate, um, we normally start off with a bit of bit of a background. So, you know, what was your early influence that that got you into cars? You know, back when you were maybe even before you were a teenager, did you have an old man that was into cars, or, or what were your early influences? Yeah, my pa, my pa. I always go to his house on like Christmas holidays. He'd have a car pulled apart with like an engine on a table or something like that. And uh, my house right now looks exactly like that. There's parts on my living room table. Um, so maybe a reincarnation. I don't know, but. Um, but yeah, definitely my, my pa, yeah. Was, um, and then, yeah, probably like 14, 15, started playing with like minis and stuff like that with my old man and, yeah, and then into mini trucks and, yeah, sort of, yeah, a bit of that. Yeah. And what, what was your pa building? Um, my pa, he was always pulling apart like crowns and bluebirds and just hideous cars that were just, you know, he was just like, oh, bought this for $500 and, yeah, he just, that was just his day. So, <laughs> so they were legit grandpa truck. Yeah, definitely no like like legit builds, just like built in his backyard, just always making something and yeah, probably didn't even have insurance. <laughs> and and your old man was into minis, is that what you said? My my old man, we got a mini when I was about fifteen, me and my old man. Um, he was not really his thing, it was definitely my thing. Um, but he was just like sort of keen to, you know, I was always skateboarding and, you know, probably getting in a little bit of trouble. So I think he was like, yeah, hook, hook us a car and get me doing something a bit more proactive. And that's what I did. So, Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the mini truck and I mean, I think we all kind of went through that scene yeah. guys yeah. around about our age, but uh, did you, did you have something that you built or were you, were you just running a, yeah, yeah. 
I had a 93 single cab Hilux maybe, like fully bagged, um, four-linked, um, drop spindles. Like It was like that old school era with like territory rims and, <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty cool. back. I think, um, oh, who was that dude? Cali Customs. Do you remember those guys? That was like out of Thomastown maybe? It was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah he helped me with, with the classy. Actually, no, we notched it in Bendy behind the backyard and that was sick. Um, first time I got welders flash, that's a good memory. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he set up the bags for me, and then um, yeah, it was a pretty cool truck. It, it had red interior as well. That's another reason why why I was like, I sold that truck, and I was like, ah, you know how you always have that one car. You're like, I wish I never sold that car. And, and right now, I wouldn't want that car, but it was like, there's some sort of something in that with the red interior in the new one. So yeah, yeah. And have you followed any? Have you tracked that car? Do you know if it's still around or? Um, I no, I I don't know. Uh, I the guy that bought it um, had heaps of coin. It wasn't engineered. It was a dodgy, roadworthy situation. Um, yeah, and I sold it for like way too much money because it was like I built it and it came through as like right at the hype when everyone was like mini trucks and then um yeah, so it sold real well and and then it just was gone. Honestly, I think I went to Tassie maybe. I don't know. So. But it'd be cool if it was around. I'd definitely buy it if anyone's listening and they've got a 93 highlights with hideous red interior. Might be able to cut the door cards down and use them on the Effie. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. That was a, it was a cool truck. It was rock stock when I got it. And um, yeah, I remember the very first day. Remember those like highlights with the tubs that had the lip with like the little hooks? that were like hanging down on the very first day, just getting a grinder out and just in my driveway, like, ah, just like cutting them all off. And yeah, that thing was like fully shaved and um, roll pan and yeah, it was a cool truck, but um, yeah, it's gone. So Yeah. I, I think there would have been a big market back then if you could ship the Tacoma tubs over from the States because they, they actually had a smooth, smooth side. They didn't have those lips on them. Yeah. And then did you, did you sell that and then build another one or, or did you go to, Go to something more normal. Uh, I had a, um, then I got a W108, which is like another car, like another Merc, another one I just bought. Um, got that, and then my missus at the time got really sick, and then I had to sell that. And then it was like sort of just, I don't know, life just changed, and the car scene sort of just fizzled out of it until, until a few years back again. So, no, that's cool. And then tell us a bit about this. You know, you got a 1964. Aussie right-hand drive delivered F100. Was that something you went looking for? Did it just come just yeah. come across it? What what was the situation there? I actually um, fell in love with a nine. It had to be sixty four, but I fell in love with that truck um, when I had the mini truck. Um, so I was like, back in those days, I was like, oh man, I've got to get one of those. And and back then, I would have been it would have been probably a bit easier and maybe a bit cheaper. But um, but yeah, but I loved them for a long time, and then probably spent. Um, probably the last uh, maybe like five years, like solidly looking at trucks, going to look at trucks, trying to buy a truck. Um, never really found the right truck. Um, and then that one came up on, it was just like a gum tree ad. This dude put it up and it was like up for like, like a minute. And um, I was at work and I rang the dude. I'm like, yep, done. And he's like, oh, you haven't even seen it. It was in Dubbo. And I was like, no. Yeah. Like, I could just tell looking at the thing, like, complete it was like a tub right hand drive it was like man it ticked all the boxes um 
And then, yeah, so like next day, got a trailer and drove to Dubbo like 14 hours or some crap, chucked it on and drove back. It's, uh, it was definitely worth it. Yeah, I mean, Patina doesn't get too much better than what you've got going on in that truck, that's for sure. Thanks, man. I didn't do it, obviously, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's pretty cool. Like there's like a, um, on the driver's side, uh, window there's like this cool mark that it's just your arm like if you sit your arm on it it's like the salt from the from the farmers it's like rusted out a perfect like oil um but yeah it got parked in 85 in a hay shed um so that's why there's basically zero rust like actual rust um in the thing it's obviously a rare rarity of that that sort of year of a truck yeah and dubbo's dubbo's a pretty dry dry sort of area so you kind of lucked out there a bit yeah, exactly. It's um, it did well, and obviously being sheltered as well. Like it, probably for the twenty years it was getting used, it looks like it's had a bit of a rough life. But um, but but yeah, but the the the, t- the fifteen after that just sitting there, so it's um, it was lucky for me. Yeah, yeah. I I I'm a big fan of Patina. I don't think that's any secret if you've listened to a few episodes of the podcast. But um, I what I really uh have a hard time with is the guys who do the fake patina which i'm okay with fake patina but you've got to do it right and i see a lot of stuff not necessarily here in australia but even you know over in the states i follow a lot of guys on instagram and you know and they'll spray and all they'll, they'll rub it back and create this fake patina but i almost feel like they've never actually sat and looked at photos of real patina because the areas where they rub they're just not areas that would wear, you know, and like what you say with your elbow spot on the on the driver's side door, you know, that's a perfect example. I, I drive an old shitbox Land Cruiser and I have that exact exact same thing on my Land Cruiser and it's a 1992 model, but it's just that's exactly where some guy has rested his arm for the last 25 years or 40 years or whatever it is and, and that's why that's worn out and you see guys and they'll, They'll rub back sections where that's not where the sun hits. It's not where anything wears it out. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, take the time to study what, you know, is meant to be. And and that's what's great about your truck, I think, is that, you know, like, it's it doesn't have a shit ton of patina. The original paint's actually still pretty good on it, but it's got all the, the little stories of its life. And I think... You said in one of your posts there something about the tailgate was taken off it early in the piece and and doesn't really match how old the patina is, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, the tailgate looks brand new when you compare it to the truck. And they they took it off in '66 because one of their dogs. I've got a full like write up of they they gave me like all this like a little story, but um they took it off in '66 because one of their dogs had like was getting old and couldn't jump over the tailgate. Um, so it was only on there. They bought it in '65. It's only on there for a year um and then yeah so they took it off so I'll, I'll put it back on and the tub had flared out um at the top like about 40 or 50 mil like both sides because it just had never had a tailgate in it and jamming like hay and whatever they were using it for in there um so yeah there's a fair bit of straightening like there's a couple hundred hours probably on the paint um i guess you would call it like restoration um of like i, I actually two set a 2000 wet sanded the whole car um it was just super dead and super dry and cutting compounds, like trying to get it the life and the color. I just didn't want to do it. Uh, it was a risky move, but um, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. So, so it seems like you, you picked it up in uh, December, 2018. Um, 
and just yeah sounds like first job was just to to get that paint clean it all up and did did you originally have plans to maybe just get it on the road as it was did it have a running engine in it or or what was the plan early on i was always sills to the ground yeah <laughs> um that was, <laughs> that was always the plan and it's like that extra 50 mil to get one of these trucks like to get it right down it causes so much drama but yeah um it's getting there so yeah are you mates with matt dietrich um yeah i saw him today actually um i went past yeah. this um he's just sold his so yeah yeah he has but uh that would have been something that you would have been using as a bit of a driving force oh definitely i mean the, the dude had a pretty cool truck for a long time um it's no secret it's rad um but yeah i just yeah I don't know. yeah definitely yeah he's a really nice guy man he, but he literally has given me a lot of information and knowledge and stuff that you didn't have to so no that's cool um so so the engine that's in it you got a 351 clevo in there is that right yeah 351 cleveland yeah yeah and i'm assuming that wasn't in it when you bought it <laughs> no i just had like an inline six actually the engine was sitting in the front seat <laughs> That was the that was the reason. Oh, really? Yeah, well, it didn't have a front seat actually. There was no seat. It was just um, they used the seat for their dogs, um, and then somehow over time the seat probably was trash and they just threw it out. Um, so the seat from mine's not the original seat. I actually bought a whole other car just to get a seat. It was like this um, this like dodgy '64 rusted out complete rust bucket, but um, I bought it and then just took the seat out of it. And um, what's that guy, John from? Um, Callista, I think he's got the um the rest of it. So so what was the uh so from the start you knew you were gonna bag the crap out of it. I guess you the mini trucker heritage that was always going to happen. Um, you got Mick Mick Speed Shop to do that. Was was that something you'd lined up and that was always going to be the plan, or or did you originally think you were going to do that yourself? Yeah, I, I rang Mick pretty much when I got the car. Um, I was like, dude, you need to book this in, get the chassis done. Um. Yeah, he was yeah, all for it and it worked out pretty well. But yeah, I, I just didn't have the time to physically do it myself then. Um, now having the time, obviously bringing the truck, you know, bringing the truck home and finishing everything else on it, um, life's a bit different now. So yeah, it's good. But he, yeah, he did a killer job with the stuff that he did though, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's 90% still the original chassis and he just put, put the notch in the rear? Uh, and the front, front two notches, yeah. Yeah, cool. And what what is that front end? Is that like a Mustang too, or or what are you using for the front suspension? No, a six Jag. Um, it was like I had this intentions of just sort of doing a sort of like a budget. I don't know, if budget's the right word. Like a, a build to sort of just get it done. Like like just get this thing on the ground. Hurry up, like make it happen. You know. But then it sort of just kept escalating, and everything just kept getting cleaner and fancier and. And a bit tidier, and and then I just yeah ended up just being what it is now, yeah. Mm. So so what sort of year model Jags that front end out of? Uh, it's a great question, man. Um, I think it's nineties. I think it's early nineties. Yeah, I don't really know to be honest. I mean, there was not a car when I got it, so I just <laughs> yeah yeah. It's a it's a pretty tried and proven um, hot rodders front end, isn't it? Like I I think. You know, guys use them in Model A's and all sorts of things, but visually they're probably not the best thing if you've got an open front end. Um, but you know, for a build like yours, uh, it sounds like they just they fit in real easy and and they're not that difficult to airbag. Basically, yeah, 
it's a couple it's yeah it's it's shock housing and a bottom bracket and a little bit of mods and a bit of a cutting and yeah all the all the mounting brackets on that one's all gone it's all been bolted onto the chassis so it's completely removable which is awesome i know it's got a power steering rack on it from the factory yeah yeah it was yeah it's been rebuilt um it was that's my fault <laughs> got a lit Gotta got live and learn. Did the old plumbed it backwards trick and turned it on, and then yeah, I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> yeah, nice. That'll do it. Um, so, rear end. It's a parallel four link. Is I, I was kind of looking through your photos. It's hard to see, but it looks like you got two links on the inside of the chassis rail and two on the outside. Is that right? Yeah, there's two on the inside, two on the outside, and what's link as well. And that rides really nice, I imagine. Like that's that's a good setup. Super stable. Like there's basically no like lateral movement at all. Like there's no movement in the diff. It's um yeah, it's rock solid. Like there's only like yeah. 15 mil clearance on the rims or something, and it doesn't touch. And I've jumped up both sides to test all that out. Like extreme, you know. And it's fine. Cool. And uh, 20 inch rims. What are they? They're they're a set of smoothies of some description. Yeah. So BCI wheels. They're out of Geelong. Um, yep. Cool shout out, I guess. But yeah, he's um he's a legend. He's hooked them up, and um yeah, we're actually gonna gonna take those front ones off and change the offset. They're a little bit tight on the outer guards. Um, hence, yeah, driving it around, you sort of figure all this stuff out. Yeah, you're driving driving in a straight line when you got it dropped. <laughs> as long as there's no corners, it's sweet. <laughs> well, you can just drift it, so you don't need to steer, right? Can confirm does do skids, but um, yep. But uh, but no, it's not really the car for that. And then uh, and then, what did you do for air management? Um, so full airlift. Um, so three P, yeah, so or three H, the one with all the air ride sensors. Anyway, but yeah, air ride sensors going next week, and then yeah, that'll be a little bit easier to control the thing. It's it's a bit primitive. You feel like you're going back in time, hitting switches, just trying to um, just get the numbers right. You know, so no, that's really cool. And then. Um... And then I see you built a hinge bed in the back, so obviously just to show off a bit of the, the hard work that uh, Mixed Speed Shop's done for you. Yeah, show that off, get in there, and um, there's, yeah, there's um, obviously that back end is full access to, to air tank, to fuel tank, to compressors, to, to basically everything. It's it's not just showing it off, so to speak. It's it's sort of impractical to try and get to any of that for any sort of servicing you know, of it um, without taking a tub off, and they're not fun taking on and off. So no, and I so see you're running two compressors, a couple of batteries yeah. under there. Yeah, two compressors, dual batteries. One battery is doing all the accessories and bags, um, or yeah, compressors, and then the other battery is just simply for the car. Yeah, so under the hood, there's no battery. You just got a bit of a clean look going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've smoothed off the firewall, filled it all in, pushed it back, um, painted it, etc. Obviously, the under the side of the bonnet, everything's still. All, Still all rusty, but yeah. No, that's really cool. And I, I know back, oh, going back a while now, but when we first went in the lockdown and um, and the guys had the ISO truck show, uh, you you managed to win yourself a bit of a car builder sound dead in a pack. And um, so have you got all that installed now? I'm getting there. It's um by saying all of it, it's like twenty percent. I'm holding off like on the floor and that mainly because I I don't want to carpet it yet. I want to make sure everything's legit, everything fits, everything's right before I go putting too much fancy stuff inside just to ruin. 
Um, so I'm holding off on doing that mainly from the aspect of just being nettle and just being super durable at this point in the build. Just that just needs to stay like that. And so, so where are you going to have that? Just if you don't, you've done your hood hood lining. Do you plan to do the the inside of your doors and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so inside of doors, behind the seat, on the floor, firewall, pretty much everywhere. The roof, um, yeah, the roof's already done. Um, but yeah, so it'll be a fair bit nicer, hopefully, and a bit quieter. It's fairly heinous um, <laughs> how it is now. So yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's a pretty standard setup, isn't it, for these trucks? It's um I I kind of have in my head I, I want to soundproof mine as much as humanly possible because the tractor engine that I'm putting in it's gonna make a, a racket. But uh I don't know if you can ever really get like a modern car quietness, you know, especially with a, a big a big noisy engine. But have you have you like redone all your door rubbers and you know, inner seals and all those sort of things. Have you have you gone through the whole thing with a whole new set of rubbers? Yeah, so I've got the whole rubber kit is here. Right now, I call it the rattle rubber. <laughs> it basically, <laughs> there basically isn't one. There's just like a couple of rubbers jammed in there to stop it moving. But it's um, but yeah, they're definitely yeah, both the rubber seals are trashed. Um, so there, yeah, there's a new set here. It's just the importance or the relevance of it on at the minute. It's just yeah, they just they pushed aside. And did you end up having to do? Any real rust repairs? Like, did you do any cab corners or floor sections or, or was it that good? It was that good. Um, the only, yeah, exactly. The only um, the only rust that was really in it is still on it. There's two little tiny, like, on the half of a five-cent coin on both doors on the bottom corners. Yep. Um, and it's not even rusted. It's just really thin and it's cracked. And the inside the tub at the front of the the tub like on the cab end, um, that was pretty much gone. But that's why I might look at the bed, like there's a hundred mil at the front and a hundred mil at the back. I've done that mainly just so that I could salvage what was left of the tub and shorten it. And um yeah, so just and then every single end of the the ribs is all, you know, folded, welded, dressed so that it matches original and yeah, it worked out pretty well. No, it, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it's uh it's nice having that I think the steel the steel bed inside it you know like the the timber beds look really good but they they're kind of impractical if you if you're trying to build something that's going to be a bit of a show truck you're never going to want anything in there and if you do want to put stuff in there it's still going to sort of i don't know i think it's going to mark up pretty quick so i think i think those newer you know 60s models with the steel beds it's, it's a it's a win yeah i mean i had a bunch of tools in it today um just throw them in there you don't have to think about it just yeah it's good yeah and, and something that I like that you've done or more that you haven't done is that, you know, there's a, there's a couple of dings in that, you know, there's a ding in the bed just, just above the right-hand back wheel and there's a, a nice little ding on your front right fender and you've just kind of left them there. You've left that little bit of history and and I'm sure if you spoke to the farmer, he'd be able to tell you the story of exactly how that happened and and that's something that I really enjoy about build like yours where you you know, you, you're doing some repairs and you're upgrading it, but you're not going too far. You know what I mean? Yeah, this, I, I've, got, I've got a couple of those histories on, um, like, the front bumper bar. It's got a really big, like, dent in it. And um, he told me it, well, the son told me it. it was, yeah, he told me it rolled downhill into a tree. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy, just, like, a few things like that. But, yeah, I did smash out a bunch of dents, but ones that weren't so relevant, like the doors were pushed in, the tub was pushed in. The roof was caved in. The bonnet was caved in. It looked like someone had jumped on the bonnet. 
uh, like when you looked at it. And it still does look like that, but at least it's got its integrity and its shape back. Um, yeah. Without obviously without painting it, I'm not going to go crazy and, and put hammer dents everywhere. So yeah, the the I think the roof on every Aussie pickup truck has been stood on to feed hay off at some point because they're all. They've all got that same flattened, like my one's the same. That's one of my jobs i got to do. One of the interesting things I found out recently, especially with the uh, more of the advanced design sort of style Chev trucks, but you see them and they, they build these big steel um, rear bumper steps and then they have these triangle brackets up the side of the bed. And the reason that the farmers used to do that is they used to, they used to take a round hay bale and put it in the back of the tub and if you hadn't done that, it would do what sounds like yours has done is that it splits it open a bit. And, yeah, it's an interesting story. I was reading it on um, uh, there's an Instagram page called Iron City Garage, a guy named Patina Pete, and he sells a lot of really nice stuff out of the States. But, yeah, he, he had this big spiel about it and because I'd always seen those and I hadn't understood quite why they did it. And when he, when he said that, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because there's no structure really holding them together otherwise, is there? Just the tailgate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So tell us a little bit about uh, the shop that you're setting up. It sounds like you, you know, you've built your truck and you've obviously built trucks in the past and, and you might be starting to lean towards doing a bit of work for other people at the moment. Yeah, oh, I am. Yeah, I'm, I am building a 56 um I ordered a bunch of stuff for it last week and yeah, it's definitely happening. Um, it's good to have a, a, a change on the horizon, I guess you would say. It's been a long time coming, you know, I've been a plumber for a long time and, you know, I really enjoy, um, you know, playing with cars and I've got an opportunity from someone to build them one and, and get paid for it. It'd be silly not to take it. So Yeah. And is that a, is that a little bit of an open-ended build or is there a, a totally structured this 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 and this and this, this is the budget you know have you y- yes and no like there's obviously everyone wants to try and pretend there's a budget on, on a car bill um but uh but yeah there is there is a budget but i mean it's it's a decent one um and as far as is it structured um yes and no like there's a lot of things that i won't do for trucks or for anyone that I don't think's right for the car. Like I'm, I'm gonna put my name on it. I don't want to just like, yeah, yeah. I have chrome checker plate everywhere, and just everyone's happy. Like, no, thank you. Um, so yeah, uh, there is some rules for me, I guess, for the client, which is weird. But I just don't want to, yeah, produce something that's crap and then and then have to be uh, proud of it. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'd like to work more towards doing that sort of thing, and and I had the opportunity last year to work on a truck for a guy and it, it it ended up probably not quite being the build I was expecting it to be, but it was a, it was a dual cab international, which was a kind of a cool truck. And I ended up doing all the, just the welding on it and got rid of all the rust and, and it went off and got body and paint and it's not far off being on the road now, but yeah, it's uh that's cool. Cause yeah, I, coming out of the trades myself and you know, you, you have this opportunity to do something that you're probably more, you're more keen to jump out of bed in the morning and, go to work if you're going to be working on a cool truck and that's what your passion is, you know, whereas going and fixing, you know, plumbing in some pipes is, you know, you've probably done it long enough that it, it doesn't excite you anymore. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really cool. So um, 
Another thing I saw you had on Instagram was a, an old Melbourne star bike that you were building. You sort of bit of a background. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I just see things and I, I buy them and make them. Um, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I saw online a little while back. It was like someone had done that um, stretch sort of look that I built that with, um, with like a normal sort of like low rider, like there's like BMX size, you know, the smaller ones, like 26-inch wheels or the little ones. I don't know what they are. And, yes, yeah, so this is like a, a mountain bike size version of that. Um, the back end is the another half of another bike um, on it. And then, yeah, he sends it out like eight inches and, and lowers the whole bike by like five or six inches. It's a pretty budget sort of build for, for as far as a bike goes. Like it's um, it's a really cool old frame and then just, um, yeah, a bunch of sort of like Chinese parts just slapped on it and, <laughs> yeah, just cruising down the waterfront on it. And um, it's got like some old school racer handlebars. Um, you remember those just like the curled the curled ones um, that you sort of yeah, to get those and, turn them around and, and heat them up and bend them out and just make them sort of like, you know, chopper style. And yeah, it's just, just cut paste pretty much. <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a rat rod bike. Yeah, it's fun. It's horrible to ride and the wheels hit the ground if you turn it all, but it's similar to the car. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other thing we haven't talked about is your interior in your truck and, you know, you've got a really nice, and, and we were talking about earlier, the red interior that you had in your old Hilux. So you you've kind of taken that as a bit of a, I guess, a theme in your life and, and gone the, the red seat in this truck. So that is actually uh, an era-correct Ford F100 bench seat? The seat is, yes, definitely. That's um that's out of a 64 F100, obviously just completely retrimmed. But, yeah, cool trim, Adrian, I want to say. Um, yeah, cool trim. Like, dude, killer job. So happy with it. He, um, he actually exceeded what I thought he would do. Obviously, yeah, just... There was some base outlines of what I wanted, but he basically just did what he what he knew what he had to do, and yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I looked him up, Adrian Morgan at yeah, Cool Trim, nineteen seventy four is his Instagram handle, and and I uh, I had a good look on his stuff. He he does an amazing job. He's got got some really cool yeah interiors that he's built. So has he has he done door cards and and you know roof lining, and is that are you getting the whole works? Yeah, it's booked in for like he's a he's over a year wait. Yeah, so it's yeah, so it's it's booked in. Um, I think next March, like next March, as in twenty twenty two. Um, so if I don't, yes. if I, yeah, if I don't get to um to, I think the other truck's booked in around then as well. But if I don't get um, if I don't get my headliner and that done by someone else, um, yeah, it'll go to him. But otherwise, yeah, he knows that. Just, if I can find someone that wants to do it, I might even just do it myself. The headliner's not rocket science and the carpets are going to be in three pieces so yeah i'll have a go yeah no that's cool and um was the the material so you've got like the red leather outside you've got i guess it's a tartan um inlay is that right yeah tartan it's sort of like a mix between like a tartan and a houndstooth and a, a bit of this and a bit of that it's sort of a funny pattern yeah just just fluke that one there's no amazing story i just was just literally driving around to shops um, sort of outside the box though, like not going to interior shops, going to like random like sewing places and all that sort of gear to try and find um, a material that would suit. It's, it's a, it's an interior material for like couches and stuff. It's not designed for automotive. Um, it's the same stuff. It's like four mil thick or something. 
so yeah, so definitely, yeah, got it done. But um, yeah, it's sort of just outside the box with that. Trying to get the material that I was happy with just didn't work. So and so, so where are you at right now? I mean, I've I've seen that you've taken it for a drive. It's got the bed on. Everything's laying frame. It's it's driving. How how far off do you think you are from screwing a rego plate on it? Probably March. Probably end of March. Which is, I had this envision in my head, like at the end of 2020, I was like, it's going to be completely finished at the end of 2020, which is probably a bit ambitious. But, um, but I, I got to drive it in 2020, which was, like, that was like, okay, I can settle for that. But yeah, I think March, maybe April, but I think engineering's booked in for um, the finals booked in, I think late Feb. So if that all goes well, and yeah, hopefully. And what, what's left to do that you know of? Um, Column shift isn't hooked up. Trans cover needs to be finished. Inner wheel car, um, inner wheel tubs at the front, and there's just little loose ends here and there, like clips on this, um, you know, clips on that. And then we've got the air ride, um, air height sensors um, for airlift. Um, they need to be put in. Yeah, it's just like little things. I think, I think, I think Matt said to me today actually it was, um, what do you say? He's like ninety percent of the car's finished, but ten percent of it takes ninety percent of the time. <laughs> Yeah, so it's all these little things at the end that are just really going to um, take a bit of time, but, you know, it's all good. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you think about a build, the amount of times that you would put the cab on and take the cab off or take the tub off and put the tub back on just to fit and test and pull it off and put it back on. And it seems like you're getting nowhere. And then some days you look at it and it looks like it's finished, but it's not. And then it's, yeah, it can be very frustrating. Yeah, someone commented, like, I mean, like, it looks the same as it did six months ago. And it's like, it's like, yeah, definitely, maybe does to you, but yeah, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing is that at the end of the day, you know, like the day you pulled it out of that hay shed, if you just um, pulled the suspension out, dropped it on the ground, it almost looks the same as it did then. But, you know, you've spent probably a shit ton of money and a shit ton of hours to to make it look like that, but to actually function, you know. Definitely. Well, it's, it's basically, you know, every single part that's gone on the car is basically new or refurbished. So, yeah, like every bolt has been replaced. Any, anything that's come off has been replaced. And what, what's the drivability been like so far? Do you, you know, is it, is it handling like you thought it would? Yeah, yeah, like, like disgusting, yeah? <laughs> 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 no, it's, um, it's a little rough. Like um, there's a few things that weren't, that, that are not, you know, sort of up to speed. Like I was saying with, um, to you before that BCI wheels, like the, the front wheels need um, the offset to be changed. So there's a better turning circle. Um, I drove down to, to Big Al's Chop Shop today, which is about half an hour from my house and back. Um, got it up to 100. It's totally fine. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be it'll be sweet. You just need some tweaking and, yeah. Yeah. And Leon's still flat out down there? Yeah, cars everywhere and, yeah, just getting it done. Yeah. Isn't it isn't it crazy just how many, you know, like we're supposedly in the middle of this COVID-19 global financial, you know, everything's going bad and, and everywhere you look, people are just buying and selling these high-end classic trucks. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, everyone's bored sitting at home probably. Yeah. And so are you going for full rego on this truck? Is it just going to be a daily? No, nah, full full rego, yeah. So um, I've got full intentions of of using it. Um, I don't want to I don't want to like spend like the last year of my life to sit it in the shed. Um, if I'm not going to drive it, I'll sell it. Um, yeah, I I want to want to use it. 
Yeah, that's good. And and a question I ask everyone, which is, you know, if, if you had your time again, let's go back two years and you've, you've just dragged it on the trailer out of the hay shed, is there anything that you would do differently? Yeah, there is. No, yeah, I, I would I would have done the chassis myself, but that's on that's nothing to do with Mick. Like Mick's done a great job, not at all saying that. Um, just from the aspect, I just didn't have the time to do it, and just so, sort of like, you know, sort of like, um, uh, how do I explain that? I just would like to have done it so that I was like, yeah, it's it's all done by me. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't do it. I didn't have the time to do it, and I'm super grateful for Mick for doing it. So yeah, no, that's cool. I mean. I remember getting, you know, going back to like the third episode of the podcast when I was over in um, in Arizona, and I went and sat down with uh, Del Yushenko, who's Delmo Speed and Custom, and he does SEMA builds, like ridiculous stuff. But you know, and I was asking him about chassis work, and he was just like, "There's just no point in me doing it because these guys do it all the time. You know, they know what they're doing. They can do it a lot faster and a lot better. And you know, the chassis turns up, everything's ready to go, and." And he does what he was good at and, and he lets the chassis guys do that. So I hear what you're saying and, and I'm like you because I'm doing my own chassis as well. But yeah, like you say, at the time, it just worked out best for you to get someone else to do it. But I guess you'll do the chassis on a 56. Definitely, yeah. Like we're, um, we're using, yeah, we're using couple programs now and then trying to um, run it through uh, SolidWorks. It's a strength testing program. That's going through that. And then, yeah, hopefully it all gets the go-ahead from the engineer and we can start making it. Awesome. Are you uh, are you a member of any car clubs down there? Nah, I'm not. Bit of a lone soldier, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. All right, mate. Well, um, hey, look, awesome to hear a bit about this truck. And uh, I've got a – I don't think I've let the cat out of the bag too much, but I've got a 48 Ford that's on a ship right now coming back that I'm, I'm going to be building soon. So I um, – I got plenty of Ford in my blood, so yeah, like I said, I really, I really love the look of your truck and and that era of truck. There's a lot of guys um, who've got them, and it's funny. Like I, I do a lot of driving around. I see a lot of old trucks around, but I just can't seem. I never seem to see those kind of unibody or the, you know, the the proper tub style trucks. So everything I find seems to be just like a big old, you know, three four ton truck. So you did pretty well to find that thing, and uh, and, and I'm envious. <laughs> yeah um uh yeah it was definitely a fluke finding that there's no no ease or buts but i do look uh, i was looking then nearly every day and i still do look nearly every day um yeah to see what's popping up and if anything else is about to buy so yeah uh, and i saw on your instagram you know obviously quite a few guys from the states who are following what you're doing and you still get these guys and they're like oh my god is that a right hand drive car they've just got no idea that Australia, Australia actually has vehicles. Yeah, I do cop that a bit actually, um, and I also cop um, oh, you've put the steering wheel on the wrong side, and or if there's any sort of footage of it, like, well, you know, it's parked on the road, and I can get a DM like, you've parked it on the wrong side of the road. It's like it's pretty standard. It's um, but you know, what ifs? I suppose there's not many of our trucks versus theirs, so let them have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're I'm so used to seeing their stuff. That's cool. All right, mate. Well, um, hey, if people want to have a look at your truck and follow what you're doing, um, they can check you out on Instagram. They can, yep. Odin's my Instagram. So that's, um, yeah, it's just B-E-A-U-D-E-N. And um, the the other truck's going to be on Cutwell Drive, um, which is what the Instagram's called for the for the shop. Um, so, yeah. 
So hopefully um, that's kicking off the next couple of days. I'll drop that on my Instagram and um, yeah, go from there. Cool. What's it called? Uh, Cut, weld, drive. No spaces, no underscores, just like that. Pretty much sums up what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Where's the drink beer bit in the middle of all that? Yeah, that's just yeah in the, the little fine print. <laughs> awesome. All right, mate. Hey, appreciate time. Uh, look forward to following the build on this 56. And um, yeah, keep up the good work, mate. Thanks, brother. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general, and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.